Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Drivers podcast, from wrestling over one podcast at a time. And you know this, man. All right, man, let's get started, man. Let's get to the wrestler of the pod. Let's knock this out right off the bat. All right, well, the wrestler of the pod this week is probably the youngest wrestler of the pod that we have. Uh, this wrestler of the pod is 18 years old. 18. So 18. So they're like just getting into the business right out the gate. Um, normally for our wrestlers of the pods, they have championship accolades and whatnot. This wrestler of the pod does not have any championship accolades because they're so young. Oh, wow. But okay. they're endorsed by Mickey James, Gail Kim, they're also trained by three-time Women of Honor champion Kelly Klein. And they were the youngest athlete on the NWA Empower card. Okay. Wrestler of the pod this week, Jazzy Yang. Jazzy now, those, Yang. Now, if those of you don't know who Jazzy Yang is, you probably know who her father is. Okay. Former WWE superstar and current backstage producer oh shit jimmy wang yang <laughs> okay now i was i was watching some of her highlights on youtube and whatnot for somebody who just started in the business a year and a half two years ago she actually moves pretty well she's a pretty good technical wrestler pretty solid with her kicks just like her father was and she also has the notch of being the youngest person ever on an NWA card, just mm -hmm. like her father was the youngest person ever signed by WCW. Mm -hmm. And if you can get endorsed by Mickey James and Gail Kim, being trained by uh, a woman of honor champion who just happens to have the most reigns as the champion, mm -hmm. And your father's Jimmy Wang Yang, you got to have some type of talent going for you. And if you haven't seen her highlights, I highly recommend you go check them out because for a kid to be as young as she is and already be as solid as she is, she definitely has a bright future ahead of her. I think my number one question is, um, does she have a cowboy gimmick? Uh, that she doesn't. She doesn't want to do the cowboy gimmick because that's her father's thing. She wants she wants to be her own her own type of wrestler. So I kind of respect that. Yeah, so do I. And it's probably uh, the better path to go on. Yeah, I know her gimmick is the last dragon, uh, the last dragon samurai, I believe. The last dragon samurai. Yeah. Sounds very interesting. All right, man. I, I'll have to I'll have to check in on Empower and check her out, man. Sounds really cool. Definitely. Um, but speaking of the indies, man, the open door policy was uh put up on MLW this week. They've officially announced it. Um, basically what it is is um this whole forbidden door gimmick that everybody's been doing. Um, they're basically being the forbidden door they are acting mm -hmm. as a source for um any indie talent any contracted talent to just come there just show up um just show up there's a lot of people being released um there's a lot of people that want to you know maybe make their name in the states uh maybe just mix it up with some of the great talent MLW has and is about to acquire and maybe show up and possibly earn a contract for MLW. Um, so now they have this open door policy where you can come from anywhere, anybody show up and take on some of the very best. I like that. I think, I think they see the success that it had with uh, impact and the success that, it was having with AEW for a little bit. I think it's a great thing for them. It puts more eyes on them. It gets more people interested in them. Mm -hmm. And you get to see talent that, like you just said, you don't normally get to see in the States. 
Yeah, man. So I'm expecting a lot of people to jump on the opportunity. Well, Osprey is going to show up there. Jeff Cobb is there. Uh, the other head of the table, Jacob Fatu, is there. Um, Hammerstone. Uh, shoot, TJP. Alex Alex Kane. Shout out to Alex Kane. He recently uh, followed us on Twitter. And not on Twitter, on Instagram. And he's uh, the newest MLW Openweight Champion. Um, so it's, it's a lot of good talent over there and there's a lot of talent out. There's a lot of talent getting released. There's a lot of talent that doesn't really know what they're going to do right now. Mm-hmm. And MOW provides the perfect place to just showcase what you have, man. Yeah. It, it, it's a great place for the people that are essentially stuck in limbo. Like, uh, they're either their 90 days are up and they're not signed anywhere or their 90 days aren't up. And once they are up, they need somewhere to go. So yeah. it, it it basically makes a good stopping point for anybody to either show their name and say, hey, I can still go, or people that already have a name and just want to get their name out there even farther just so people can see them. And you know what? I think, um, I think the biggest people uh, or the biggest group or division that should really jump right into this is um the ladies on the indies uh as mlw is really trying to build back their women's division mm-hmm. um and right now they're kind of centering it around um willow nightingale yeah um and they're pushing for her to like she really wants to uh become mlw's women's champion uh because the title's been retired for a while they've just kind of had women wrestlers over there um so i think in the course of them trying to build this division the ladies of the indies have a real opportunity to just showcase what they got possibly earn some contracts and um really get a good spotlight on them create some amazing matches um other than that though there's there's tons of people on the indies that I feel I could rub uh, rub shoulders with some of the greatest in MLW and quite a few people I'd love to see Filthy Tom Lawler go up against. Mm-hmm. Um, Devon Eric's over there. Uh, they're always great to see. Lois Parks, the 5150. Like, there's just a bunch of good tag talent, singles talent, women's talent over there um, that I feel like some of the best from the indies, the still doing independent shows would really love to bump shoulders with. Yeah, it it, def- it definitely makes for, I mean, we were already in an exciting time for indie wrestling, but this just makes it even that much more exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah, at, at a time when fans are um, really looking at any and every piece of professional wrestling they can get their hands on um, mm-hmm. because uh, as the past WWE pay-per-view will tell you, um, there's certainly not a lot of great pro wrestling going on uh, on the big four pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. The Survivor Series um, happened and um, just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it- like you just said, it kind of just happened. Are, are we diving into the to the Survivor Series bucket right now? Yeah, man. I, I feel like uh, I feel like it's a good transition to some of the other stuff, and uh, really the emotion of the indies and the fans that I can tie into this Survivor Series is a great place to start. All right. Um, well, let's just dive into Survivor Series. That show. Before we went into that show, we were about what was the what was the turn of phrase we used? We were as excited to watch it as they were to to book it. Yeah. Or to promote it. Yeah. And after the pay-per-view, my thought was exactly the same. I was about as excited to watch that show and see the aftermath of it as they were to promote it. Because they, my effort of my level of excitement was the 
about as, the same as their level of promoting it. Yeah, it might as well have been great balls of fire because aside from the name, you just kind of weren't interested at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there was really nothing too exciting about the show. Like the opening match was good up until the ending. Yeah. Um, both the men and women's tag matches were meh at best. Mm. Mm. The yeah. Usos and RK Bro had a pretty good match. Probably they probably had the match of the night. Um, Biggie and Roman was good, but it wasn't great wasn't as great as it could have been Mm-mm. and then what else priest and nakamura on the kickoff shouldn't have just, been on the kickoff shouldn't have been on the kickoff number one and number two that's looking at it on paper that's a dream match that was just shit and, and the battle royal oh my god that god awful pizza hut battle royal yeah, that that that's what I'm calling it. That was the Pizza Hut Battle Royal. Yeah, I really, I was, I was dumbfounded at that whole battle royal, that whole situation. How how do you call it a battle royal dedicated to the Rock when all you're gonna do is fucking promote Pizza Hut? Yeah, so let's talk about. I feel like that's a good. That's a good point to end Survivor Series and then get to the next WWE point. So let's talk about how they spent an entire pay-per-view around uh, celebrating The Rock for The Rock not to show up and the biggest feature to be the egg from the movie that The Rock is doing that nobody's going to see. I feel bad because I actually watched that movie. Mm. What did you go to see it or did you watch the movie? No, I watched it on Netflix. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point. Oh my God. Was it good? It was okay. It was pretty good. It had Deadpool but, and Wonder Woman. But to but to center it around a pay-per-view that the guy's not even gonna show up for. Mm. That that was like uh what the hell was that pay-per-view that that they promoted Batista stuff on. Was it Extreme Rules? Possibly. Whatever pay-per-view it was this year that they promoted Batista's movie with the zombies. Yeah. Why did Vince show up? Like, Vince showed up with the egg from the movie. Why? Like, why? Did he think the ratings were going to go higher with him showing up? That was his big Survivor Series thing. That was the I'm friends with the rock and I have this egg. No one gives a fuck that you're that you're a friend of the rocks. No one gives a fuck about the golden egg. No one gives a fuck about the Pizza Hut battle royal. Like none of it made sense. Like I want it to make sense. What happened to the winner of the Pizza Hut battle royal? Nothing. Nothing. What happened to the and then the egg gets stolen. Mm-hmm. By Austin Theory, or found by Austin? Theory? Yeah, it got it got found by Austin Theory, and Austin Theory got to take a picture and get a title shot because he found the egg that The this Rock is, gave Vince McMahon. Is this is this the level of booking that we're doing now? I don't even think Vince was there for Monday Night Raw to like get the A back. Was he? I or did he just give it to Adam Pierce? T- to be honest, I didn't watch Monday Night Raw because of how mad Survivor Series made me. Yeah, it just kind of seemed pointless. But I'll tell you what, we weren't the only fans upset about the complete bullshit that was Survivor Series because the following uh, Monday on Raw... A fan mm-hmm. decided to take all the pumped up anger from not getting any actual good professional wrestling or writing that he just t- 
took off on Seth Rollins, who I don't feel is personally responsible. But I mean, you do what you do, you know? Yeah. Now, at first, I thought that was just, like you said, a fan that was upset as was as upset as we were with everything that was going on. And just and just said, you know what? Let me take the matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. Turns out, uh, this dude was actually catfished by a fake Seth Rollins account. Oh wait, what? Out of some money. <laughs> and then he bought a ticket to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, hear me out. Okay. Um, good, good. So, so the dude's name is. Eliza Spencer. All right. He's 24 years old. Okay. And apparently for the last two years, he's been interacting with a fake Seth Rollins account. This is now for those. Okay. Now for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty sure on any type of social media account, if you're a superstar, that's the stature of a Seth Rollins, a Becky Lynch, a Roman Reigns. You have a little blue check mark next to your name that says, hey, I'm verified that I'm really who I say I am. Mm-hmm. This account had none of that. And the kid was finessed out of a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So he buys a ticket. Which is another hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, maybe more because, you know, it's the night after Survivor Series. And, and you had to go. And you had the idea low enough to hop a rail. So he jumps the barricade, runs around, tackles Seth, who might I add, that was actually, like, not to make fun of Seth or nothing, but that was a pretty decent tackle by that fan. Yeah, yeah. Seth had a good counter with the headlock, though. Yeah, good counter with the headlock. Um, Security separates it. Uh, Producers come out one of which being Jimmy Wang Yang. Shout out again. Um, The kid gets charged with assault, and um, I forget what the other charge was. It's like disturbing the the liberal arts or the performing arts or something. Yeah, basically what they charge you for for disrupting a sports event. Yeah, um, he was released the following day, and I assume that this kid isn't, 100% there mentally because he cut a promo on his social media after he got released saying, thank you, Vince McMahon. Thank you, Goldberg. Yes, thank you, Goldberg. Uh, And he did it for Roman Reigns, for his bloodline family, the three Usos, for Finn Balor, for Rikishi, like I, I don't know if he was doing a promo from the late '90s, but that's what that that was the vibes I got when he said he did it for the Bloodline, for Rikishi, for Finn Balor, and he he was dropping the name Colby Lopez, which just so happens to be Seth Rollins's real name. Nice. And he said, "Take care of your family." So I think this kid's not fully there mentally. Weird. Very weird. I mean, I've, I've, the one funny, well, there was two funny things I took away from it. One of which that he actually laid a pretty decent tackle in on Seth. And then number two was the, was the old Rikishi promo that he cut. I he was did like, it I, for The Rock. <laughs> I did it for Rikishi. I did it for the Usos. I did it for Finn Balor which I got to give him a little dab for like, all right, thank you for looking out for Finn, man. You know how much we, we, we rock with Finn. So. Crazy. But yeah, uh, the, the fan had to take matters into his own hand. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And speaking of sick and being uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, uh, a recent to me, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. In my I, eyes, in I don't my know, eyes, I don't, I don't know if after this, but okay, we. I'll t- I agree with you, but I don't know if it's after this. Um, in my eyes, a future Hall of Famer, not Seth, 
Um, but speaking of um, being sick and tired of being sick and tired, um, recent future Hall of Famer, in my eyes, Scotty Zuhadi has asked for his release um, and was granted it, I'm guessing. Um, he was, he's been, he granted, He's been granted his release from um, basically just working backstage and helping the younger talent in NXT down in the PC. And um, he gave a very lengthy explanation of why he asked for his release. And if you look at it, it's basically another writing on the wall situation. Um, key words in there, verbatim where um, I've always loved working and helping build the uh, black and black and yellow brand. Um, mm. And uh, he always said that when he felt like uh, there was no reason to do it, then he would stop. Again, this is verbatim. Uh, but he basically said when he felt like he wasn't doing he, he wasn't doing something that mattered or that had any purpose. He would leave. And that helping build the younger talent in the black and yellow brand was some of the greatest moments of his life. Um, which Damn. basically to me said, uh, I asked for my release because shit is getting very shady for NXT. This is not what I signed up for. They're not doing things the right way. And I'm not just going to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, and the old NXT was my life. And I love that time. But shit is not like that no more. Yeah. I, I would say Scotty said everything that he needed to say without saying it exactly the way we wanted to hear it. Like, we, we know everything isn't what it seems we know that you know something we, we know we know this kool-aid ain't stirring right we know something's wrong here and scotty basically said that he agrees that something's up and that there is something up but he didn't say exactly what it was that it is making him want to leave he right. just said it's it's not what he signed up for this is not what it was supposed to be it's not going in the direction that it should. And I don't want to be here for it if it's not going where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. I mean, it sucks when you see people that have done good. First and foremost, it sucks seeing them get released. It sucks seeing people ask for their release mm -hmm. when they've been a part of something good. Mm -hmm. But you have to respect it because they're actually bold enough to say, this isn't what it should be. I don't agree with it. Since I don't agree with it, I can't be a part of it. Mm -hmm. it, makes, it makes you feel like they're there to actually provide something. They're not there just to collect a paycheck. They actually want to create something great. And when their vision isn't being seen all the way through, maybe this isn't the right place. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I, I would love to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Um, no, neither am I. And hopefully, you know, there's a wrestling school or a dojo or um, something that Scotty can do so that he continue to, he can continue to mold the, uh, the future of professional wrestling. Um, well, I know, I know for a fact Scotty has a certain friend that still runs a wrestling school. You know, he, he might have to, he might go have to find he might go have to go hit up his old friend with the sunglasses and mm -hmm. do something cool. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. So I'm sure Scotty will be fine. Um, it breaks my heart, but at the same time, we all know where things are headed. Um, you know what else it makes me wonder though. Mm -hmm. How many more people backstage, not just in NXT, but in WWE, agree with what Scotty's saying? Yeah, and just haven't. Because remember, not too long ago, Jamie Noble left. 
Yeah, yeah. And Sanjay uh, Dutt, who's also an AEW backstage now. Yeah, and that's why they brought back uh, Jimmy Wang Yang and Molly Holly, mm. which I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't know about. But Molly Holly got signed the same time as Jimmy Wang Yang. Mm. Okay. But that makes me wonder, Scotty's asking for his release. Jamie left last month. How many more people backstage are agreeing? And just too scared to speak up or don't want to speak up. Or maybe they have spoken up and just nothing's happened. Yeah, yeah. I could only imagine the people that just kind of like are so important in the system that they have to choose to stay for the betterment of the people that they're affecting at their level. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's got to be tough. I'd imagine if you're one of Triple H's guys and support the vision that he had versus the new vision, um, if you're somebody like Albert, this has got to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody like Regal, you know, this has got to be tough, but it is what it is. Um, and you just kind of have to go with whatever it is. Um, yeah. Cause they might be too big of cogs in the machine to, you know, do what Scotty did and just be like, listen, I don't agree with this. I got to go. You know what I mean? So it could I be mean, Scotty. Sharing the opinions of a lot of people that um, aren't in a position to walk away. I was gonna say, I know for a fact in NXT, we've seen people who who were considered cogs in the wheel and said something, and then gotten their releases and wound up doing great elsewhere. Case uh, case in point, Serena Deeb. She was a trainer in NXT for what uh three years i think three and a half years something like that yeah very long time got her release uh went to aew went to the indies and she's been doing pretty decent elsewhere yeah become one of the greatest nwa women's champions yeah that that was the other one nwa there you go so she went to nwa now she's with aew it's not too far-fetched Something's going to happen real soon, whether it's in NXT or in WWE. I feel like very, very soon shit's going to hit the fan because somebody of significance is going to say something and everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, this is what this this was like the writing on the wall. That was this. This was basically the ticking time bomb that set off the explosion of everything. And it's going to be. It's going to be a fun time just to be like, oh, damn, we were right. Like, we knew something was going to happen. But it's going to be a scary time because it's going to be like, oh, shit, Pandora's box is opened. What else can happen? Well, that's going to be, that's the real tragedy about it, right? Is is as much as we keep saying it, we don't want it to be the truth. And maybe yeah, that we should be, be a, wrong. Right. And maybe that should be a special edition um, for another week, too, is just to have the talk about what does happen if WWE goes down and um, because it's not something we want to happen, but at this point it's starting to seem very inevitable. And uh, it feels like the end of um, the rise and fall of WCW or some shit like that. Like it's just getting very uh, tragic and like a slow, slow deterioration of everything that we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um we don't we don't hope for that, but it's it's hard not to stand by and pretend we don't see all these signs that yeah. things are not going well. Because um, no, because no matter what, in my opinion, even if you don't like a promotion or the things a promotion is doing, you don't want to see a promotion fail. Like WWE, as much as we talk about the stuff we don't like that they're doing, or as much as it seems like we bash Vince or bash the company or the product. We don't want to see them fail. We want to see them do good. It's like Ring of Honor with with uh, their mass cuts right now that they're releasing everybody. We don't want to see Ring of Honor fail. We want to see Ring of Honor do great because when you have multiple promotions to go to that you can watch, it makes wrestling that much more exciting. All right, I don't like this product. Let me go check out this one. Okay, these two products aren't doing good. Let me go check out that one. It makes it more exciting to be a wrestling fan when you have 
more plates to eat off of instead of just one plate and you're stuck eating the same meal. It makes it more exciting when you can have a buffet of promotions at your disposal. Exactly. It's what it's, especially in this day and age. And um, even for me, speaking for me being like so much deeper, just within this, um, within this year, uh, year and a couple months that we've been fighting and just getting deeper and deeper into the Indies. Um, it really, we're, we're really in a position where it, it doesn't matter whether you're the biggest company or um, where you are. If you have good product, we just want to see it. Like dude, I don't mm-hmm. want one company to fall to be able to go to another. There's thousands of indie companies. At yeah. this point, the stock is so much more in the wrestlers that all you need to do is produce uh, a quality of show. Yeah. And we'll just come. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, um, not to say bandwagon people, but like, um, if LeBron goes here, there's certain fans that are just going to be fans of that team now because LeBron is there. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how it is at this state in wrestling. But that's because we trust the companies to do what they're supposed to do with the people that they have. Um, So we don't necessarily want WWE to fail, but we just want them to get their shit together. Yeah. We're just so frustrated with the product. We can't help but point it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And the stock and everyone they have could be um, so much more tremendous and we wouldn't have to champion them every champion all the people that get released when they find a place to go so much if it wasn't for the fact that none of these people are properly showcased before they get cut you know what i mean so people that you are showcasing are the people that you shouldn't be showcasing right or 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 not majority of the time share uh or even properly showcasing the people that you put on top Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just frustrating so uh, we yeah. share the opinions of of, of the way Scotty Too Hotty's been feeling, and uh, it's just it's just hard to see. And yeah. hopefully, they can get something together, or they can sell this thing, so we can figure out what the next steps are. Yeah. So, um, so, sooner or later, it'll something will happen that it'll either be for the benefit or the detriment of the company. Right. Um, but moving on to other companies that really seem to know what they're doing and have a handle on things. Um, Mm -hmm. it feels like we could possibly be, um, entering a huge moment in wrestling history. And it's sad to say, it's another thing that it's sad to say is, um, that I, I'm currently realizing is the moments now do not come from WWE anymore. The last big moments uh, in WWE was probably Roman Reigns becoming the Roman Reigns that he is today. Um, after that, the moments are really kind of Cheap hit or miss. Like I want to say that cheap, I guess. Like they're like they're cool, but then they that feeling immediately fades. Um yeah, I, like I think... Becky Lynch's return to beat yeah. Bianca. It was like, oh, and then it was like ah. <laughs> or like Brock Lesnar showing up as like a lumberjack Brock. It was really mm-hmm. cool, and now it's over. And like yeah. he might be coming back, that'll be cool, but then it'll be over. Yeah. Um, the people that are creating the real like lasting moments now are really the people in in AEW um, and Impact. Um, yeah. And we witnessed what I think was an incredible wrestling moment this week, where or last week, as you're listening to this, where um, two of the very best on the microphone. Uh, finally went toe-to-toe. Uh, I'm talking about CM Punk and MJF. 
Um, some amazing things happened. It was a big feeling, huge pops, um, great realistic references and punches. Before I name some of them, what do you think? Do not take this the wrong way. It was a good promo battle, but I don't think it was as, I want to say this the nicest way I can. I don't think it was as super amazing as everyone makes it seem just for the simple fact that they used so many goddamn WWE references. Mm. And like do, using one or two is cool, but you just used so many. Mm. And if the shoe was on the other foot and WWE was to do something like that, referencing so many AEW things, people would think that AEW's in their heads. And with AEW using so many WWE references and things that happened mm -hmm. in WWE, it kind of makes me think WWE is in AEW's head a little bit. Like, it was a good promo battle. I liked it. But just from the fact that they used so many things, it makes me think that they're in, that WWE is in AEW's head just a little bit. Just I a like, little bit. I like your opinion. I I disagree. Just a little bit, though. Like it's it's it, it seems like it happens a little bit too much. It was. I will agree that it was a lot of references. There was a lot of references. Um, but I it's disagree in the in the and the reasoning behind it like like i mean uh, it, it's just for me it kind of seems like you're dropping a little bit too many hints or a little bit too many subliminal shots about that one x that you had that you're not just quite too over yeah and that that's why yeah i i see it a different way i see it as um uh the total opposite I see it as them being less afraid now to reference it because they're they don't really feel like competition anymore. Mm. It's like referencing them in the ruthless referencing WCW in a ruthless aggression era. Like no one really cares about them anymore. So let's just pretend like we're them. Like this is the now, they are the past. So it's it's uh it's like it'd be it'd be the equivalent. I mean, the low rate Miz thing would be the equivalent to saying like, I don't know. Back in the day, I guess you would be like Rick Martel for less for lack of a a lesser a better uh, reference. But um, just like I, I see it as they're like so far away in competition that it doesn't matter if we reference them. And they weren't referencing anybody of today, really. Like Triple H is a thing of the past um, in now terms. And Miz yeah. is like, I don't want to say a thing of the past, but Miz is like solidified. Like he's a made man. Like he's, yeah. he could stop today and be considered a legend. They, um, they were basically just knocking off people of punks. Right. Uh, people of significance in punk's career. Right, and then uh, uh, um, Cena, who's really a thing of the past at this point. Yeah. Um, but I see it as them just being unafraid and them, like, trying to fit that realism in there, uh, which you really can't get into unless you talk about WWE because you can't throw the toughest shots at Punk mm -hmm. and not reference certain people. Yeah. Now, Punk threw the first one out there with The Miz, which, to be honest, was the greatest prop, the greatest pop of the promo, watching it back, and mm -hmm. was the perfect jab. So I can't, I can't be upset at that. I mean, um, no, it definitely was. It was. Um, but overall, like, I thought, I think the moment is great. 
if they do it right and um, it becomes Punk's first actual rivalry. Yeah. Um, you got to stretch this. This cannot be a one-off. You have to do what you're supposed to do with this one. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm going to be writing my uh, November spotlight for the website this month and how it's probably going to be on Eddie Kingston and how they need to do what they need to do with him to solidify who he is as a character. Because he can, he has to stop having one offs as well, but um, I think this is Punk's big feud. Like this is the big one for him. This yeah. is the solidifying moment, um, where he can really do what he came to do. Like the thing with Darby was cool, but because there's no real story in there, it just kind of was what it was. And then they had a really good story with Eddie, but they did a one-off. So this is the one. They have to do what they got to do with this one. And I think that first, that first promo battle, which ran kind of long, um, the whole segment might have been 20 minutes. It was yeah. a long time. But it is 20 minutes with two of the best on the microphone. So I can't be too upset about it only because I don't think Tony Khan is just giving 20-minute promos to anybody. Yeah, unless it's actually something of significance. Exactly. And with these two of these two, their biggest strengths being the microphone and them being two of the best talkers today, he just kind of said it is what it is. Um, I think they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Was it a little too many WWE references? Yes, but at the same time, like you have to take into account that in order to have, you can't have the Eddie Kingston promos where you have that reference of being on the indies and other stuff yeah. in the trust. I mean, don't, don't get me has wrong. to go for, you know, the big guns. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the promo. I thought it was a good promo battle. My thing was just that it was a little bit too many WWE references for my taste. And I don't want to be the guy defending WWE, but that was just why that was just what I thought the first time I watched it. I was like, all right, this is starting to look like that WWE's in their head a little bit. Mm. Because if WWE was to do the same thing and just reference a bunch of AEW people, mm-hmm. or if they were having an AEW person and reference a bunch of AEW stuff, it would look like AEW was in their head. Mm. That that's just where I was at the first time I watched it. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But all in all, it was a really good promo. I hope they do what they're supposed to do with this one. They cannot mm-hmm. make it a one-off. They got to run this two, three months to me. Oh, yeah. I, they got to book this. I would definitely extend it into the new year and without really, question. And really for MJF to jump from Jericho to Darby to Punk, I mean, he's on his way, man. You know what I mean? Uh, a would, title has to be next after this. Like, I wouldn't be upset if he was the next world champion, and if not, not the and if not the next world champion, because Paige is in a thing with uh, Brian right now. So if yeah. Brian was, let's say Brian was to win, and who and after that he goes to MJF. Uh, what's a better way to push MJF through the glass ceiling and go beyond the brass ring mm. than to have him beat Brian Danielson for the world title, one of the greatest technical wrestlers right now. And Arguably you know one of the top uh, rapplers of all time. And you know what? I feel like um, from a strategic standpoint and a booking standpoint, it might be genius um, if you're having him go toe-to-toe with Punk before you have him win the belt. Mm-hmm. Because up to this point, uh, he hasn't really had a match where he's beaten somebody fair and square of wrestling ability alone um, without any backup, just like Punk had said in the promo. So if yeah. he can do that and accomplish that with Punk, 
he's he's all but solidified himself as uh, championship material. And now you don't have to doubt um, him against Daniel because you know he can be one of the best in the world clean. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to just dig that heel knife in a little bit farther, remember how he tried to come out and shake Punk's hand and Punk just like edged him off and walked him off? Yeah, yeah. You have MJF win the feud, win the match, win it clean, and then Punk goes to acknowledge him and shake his hand, and then MJF just does the same thing in return, just looks at the hand and walks off. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be amazing. Um, and what some else? Of that, some of that good writing WWE hasn't been doing as of late. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That'd be that'd be a, a really kick-ass moment. Um, damn, I was gonna say something now. I forgot what I was gonna say. But one of the things that was really prominent in the promo, um was that Puck had said, you're so busy talking about um, what the pillars are and how you're the biggest pillar, this and that, that you haven't even realized that you've been replaced by Brett Baker. (laughs) And I feel like a good place to end the pod is um, on this question. Now, I think, can we both agree that Brett Baker uh, is the fifth pillar? Yes. Right? She's the pillar of the women's division. Yeah, without question. I I would say right now, definitely she is, yeah, she's the fifth pillar of of AEW because she's the one holding down that women's division. Mm. Now, um, who else is alongside Britt Baker? Because I don't think, while I do believe Britt is the fifth pillar, um, she hasn't, there was a comment out there saying that Britt single-handedly um, carried or brought the AEW women's division to what it is today. And uh, I highly disagree. Yeah, no. Single-handedly? No. She had help along the way. At, at, like, every flare has a, every flare has a Dusty and a Steamboat and a what have you. Britt's not the only, Britt's not single-handedly the only women that brought that division to where it is. Right. I think there's two or at least two, uh, two or three that together they brought the AEW's uh, women's division from what it was to what it is now. Um, One of my biggest names is is Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I I was going to say there's three, and the three that I say are for completely different reasons, Mm. and you just named two of them. I say Brit because of, you know, she's the face of the division. She's the backbone of it right now. Mm-hmm. Like she's the one that's holding it up. Thunder Rosa is like the, the vet that's been there longer than most of them. She's the vet that's like backstage helping everyone, but also in the ring helping everyone. She's making everybody she gets in the ring with better. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. say I can't say Brit's making everybody she gets in the ring with better. Right. Uh Thunder Rosa, who's who's a young vet at that too. Um, and you really gotta think, I really gotta thank uh NWA for this, really, because mm-hmm. their partnership with NWA um really helped build their women's division. And I think before anyone credits Brett Baker, Thunder Rosa is a very important piece of that puzzle because before they knew what the division was supposed to look like, before they had molded it into what it was, before they had even really figured out what they wanted their AEW Women's Champion to even really be or look like or feel like, Thunder Rosa was there to really kind of be their champion as Mm the NWA women's champion. Because even though there was an AEW women's champion and like Nyla Rose or Sheeta or whatever, the real women's champion felt like Thunder Rosa. She was kind of like teaching uh, the division how to be 
how to look, how to feel, how to represent yourself as a champion um, before they figured out who their champion really was. Before they had molded their champion, Thunder Rosa was like an AJ Styles to a SmackDown mm-hmm. Live, generally. Yeah. Like, while we're figuring out what we're supposed to be, this is the person that's, like, running point on everything. She made Britt better, um, and really anybody she went in the ring with better. Um, even when she had turned the title off to Serena Deeb, I believe it was. So Thunder Rose is definitely a big name. And I think another big name that nobody really suspected was uh, your girl Ty Conti. Yes. Um, me personally for Ty Conti, I'm saying she's a pillar because she's a pillar of the future, if that makes sense. In a sense of, let's go back to like, oh, oh, three. You had your pillars on Raw, where Evolution was basically your pillars. You had Triple H, that was your face. You had Rick, that was your pillar that was there to mold and teach and what have you. And then you had Batista and Randy that were your pillars of the future. More so Randy than Batista, but they were like your your pillars of the future. They were like your pillars of hope in a sense. Yeah. And yeah. with Conti, I'm getting Randy vibes. Like this is somebody who we can shape our future with. This is somebody who we can make a future multi-time world champion. Mm when the time is right. Yeah, Ty, Ty Conti feels like um, it feels like I want to say maybe a 2007-2008 AJ when Kurt and Christian were there. Feels like a, a, a feels like a I guess you could say a Randy during the Evolution era, uh, a Jeff Hardy, uh, just starting out in the singles run. Uh, yeah, like Edge, like a and like Jeff the Hardy. early Attitude, Ruthless Aggression era Edge, like yeah. someone that's like, this is gonna be the person, and we're taking it very slow to make sure we get it right. But when yeah. it happens, it's gonna be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, she's gonna be like made. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's certain even AEW women's champions that don't feel like that yet. Like Mm-mm. I still don't feel like that about Sheeta. No. I almost forget she's held the title at times. Um I wish that- Nyla Rose would feel like that. And there's, there's she, times I forget who Sheeta and Nyla Rose are. Yeah, right. So, it, it, and not as a discredit to Nyla or Sheeta at all. I love mm-hmm. Nyla Rose, but it's it's a factor of it's almost how they make you forget that Nia Jax used to be a women's champion. Like, yeah, Nyla Rose still holds all the force. Like on any given day. Nyla Rose can be Nyla Rose. Yeah. And be amazing and be like, that's just, that's who she is. Absolutely. And then there's other times where you might forget she was, she was even on the card that night. You know what I mean? Like they haven't given Nyla Rose the kind of protection that maybe some of the other pillars have gotten. Um, And she still needs that solidifying moment to me um but Ty Conti I think that moment for her was um when she challenged Britt Baker for the belt because I feel like there had always been a a movement behind Ty Conti but they pretended like they hadn't saw it until they were they were pretending like they couldn't hear it until the time came where it was like oh crap now we actually can't pretend anymore. 
Right. And even though she didn't win, you could tell after that match, she was like, she was made. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to be one of those people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was her uh, Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker moment. And where it's like, it's I, not yet, but it's it'll happen. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of credit Thunder Rosa for that, too, because she was working with Thunder Rosa for a little bit of time there. And like I said, everybody Thunder Rosa gets in the ring with, whether it's on a team or in a one-on-one match, she makes them that much more better. And Ty got better. We might have to take note of that because honestly, um, when you look at the people Ty, not Ty, um, the people Thunder Rosa is connected to, mm-hmm. uh, she know how to pick them. Yeah. And she's kind of like becoming the measuring stick. Like if you're good with Thunder, you're good. Like yeah. Her word goes very far in the industry today. Yeah, it's kind of like uh let me see who was who who did they use as the measuring stick? Uh it's kind of like how Kurt was back in the day. Kurt was mm-hmm. in like the mid and like the early to mid 2000s, Kurt was considered like the measuring stick for for talent. Mm-hmm. Like all right, we can let us put you in there with him and see how how you do. If you if you measure up then we know what you're good at, what you're not good at. Right. We can she's, see where we go. This is a perfect term. She's the uh, she's the ring general of uh, yeah. the women's division. Yeah, she she's she's very much a ring general. Uh, and it's hard to think of her like the Undertaker, um, but in that aspect, she is because in in a lot of in a lot of ways, um, when they couldn't rely on anybody else, or when they really needed to know is this person worth putting the chips in on? They would go to Taker or they would put you mm-hmm. in there with Taker. You know what I mean? Or they would get Taker's yeah. opinion on something. Like she seems like she's becoming that person, not just in yeah, AEW, but in like the industry of women's wrestling on the indies. Like if you can go with Thunder Rosa, you're solid. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's a few people that they have on the indies right now as far as women's wrestling is concerned that are like that undertaker role to where, you know, it's either like make or break or what, what so have you, but Thunder Rosa definitely is one of them. I would say Gail Kim's up there too. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey James is definitely there. Yeah. Um, I think Deanna Perrazzo is becoming one of those people. Yeah. Deanna Perrazzo has a little bit of time before she hits that pillar of status, but I would put Thunder Rosa above Deanna Perrazzo. And, so, yeah, and I, I, I can. I'll tell you something else. I think Mercedes Martinez is stepping back into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I've been seeing her and the people she's been mixing it up with in the business, um, even though there's not a heavy spotlight on her all the time, um, if you look at who she's rubbing shoulders with in the indies, she's kind of um, really only touching the people that she feels like is going to be the future of the division. Yes. Which is back into that OG role as well. Yeah. Which is only a good way to kind of ensure the future of women's wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how it's kind of like people ensuring the future of strong style wrestling or ensuring the future of Lucha Libre wrestling. It's it's basically along the same lines, and that's that's great when you think about it. Yeah, I feel like they're using Thunder and Mercedes the same way they're kind of using um, Suzuki in the states, like as the measurement mm-hmm. of hardcore. Yeah, kind of like the Undertaker of that shit. Like he's going at to every promotion and calling out the biggest and the baddest guys and seeing who's really got the merit, like who's really ready to carry this hardcore thing that we do and this, like, you know, this reputation that we have is, like, rough and tough brawlers. It kind of um, makes me, it kind of makes me want them to release Nakamura so Nakamura can do the same thing for Strong Style. I guarantee you that would be, like, one of the most epic moments. Um, mm-hmm. Nakamura stepping in there with some of the people that really champion Strong Style and testing their measure their merit and becoming the measuring stick for strong style again that would be mm-hmm. dope um but while we're on it we said brit we said thunder rosa we said ty conti 
Is there anybody else you feel like is a is a pillar of the AEW women's division today? Mm. Uh, I I struggle to say Nyla just because Nyla is like. I want to say Nyla just because of like the power aspect, like no matter what you normally try to have a big person as a pillar in any type of promotion yeah, or as as big of a person that you have. Yeah. And I want to say Nyla because Jade Cargill isn't there yet. I don't know what it is about Jade Cargill, but she's still, she's still so young, Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can tell they're, they're putting their money in, uh, Storm, because that's basically who she is. That's her whole gimmick. She's like Storm. She's Storm. Um, she's like Storm. Storm was like the fucking honk. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, yeah. She's 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 young. Jay Cargo's getting up there. She's growing on me, um, along with some other women from that division. But I like I would like Nyla to be to be one of those um, one of those names. I know Thunder. And I know Ty Conti for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wanna you wanna pick another, but everyone else seems kind of up in the air. I should say. I, I guess maybe number five would be like if, if we want to go through five. I guess number five would probably have to be like whoever the flavor of the of the season is at the time. Right, yeah, like it's nobody solidified, really. Yeah, so so who's the flavor of the season right now? I, I would guess Ruby Soho. Right, yeah, yeah. Until the next signings wave of signings come in for AEW. Uh, I would give it. I would give it maybe another year, and it's crazy to think that um, AEW is kind of on their like what second year now, second to uh second maybe third year now yeah third year yeah i would believe so it's crazy to think they've been going this long because um they still feel so new and fresh Mm -hmm. like they just started doing this but they're they're they got their feet in the game like yeah they they don't feel stale they don't feel stale they feel like they're gonna be around for a long time and they're making all the right moves and and even though they're like still technically in debt like they're clearly going to be around for a very long time. Like they're, they have the potential Mm -hmm. to be the next WWE if they do things right. Um, But for right now, yeah, Brit, Thunder and Ty are the women really holding it together. Yeah. And that's a credit to Tony Khan too, because Tony Khan's been doing great stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just glad they figured it out because for a while it was in shambles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like like it, it it was it was uh getting a little nerve-wracking there for a little bit yeah it, it was almost it was almost cringeworthy uh for a while and then they they really got their handle on it and now it's like uh now they're doing everything they're supposed to do um mm-hmm. especially now with ruby and thunder was saying she wants ember moon to come over there um which i think would be amazing uh, if you're gonna pick up anybody, Ember is a great choice. Um, I'm excited to see if Charlotte's gonna resign. I feel like she would be amazing in the Indies. Um, Mia Yim. Uh, Mia Yim is gonna be great. I'm interested to see if the industry is going to forgive Tessa Blanchard. Because oh, anti Conti, not Ty Conti, Ty Valk, Ty Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where she goes, and I'm interested to see if the industry, the industry is going to forgive, um, if the industry is going to forgive Tessa Blanchard now that she's in WoW, um, only because she's garnered such a bad reputation for herself. But at the end of the day, I still think one of the greatest indie or like even mainstream women's matches, fantasy matches that could possibly ever happen would be Charlotte versus Tessa Blanchard. Um, Mm -hmm. I still deep down in my heart want to see it. So I wonder if the industry is going to forgive her and if she's going to turn a Shawn Michaels new leaf. 
Yeah. But that remains to be seen. Um, but but the, the the possibilities are endless. Um, I feel like this is a good place to stop you. Yeah. All right. So you want to dive into these shout outs? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it away, man. Um, so first right. shout out, uh, as always, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, I need to stop by there very, very soon to pick up some certain things. Um, I finished my uh, wrestling Xbox collection for the original Xbox. So now I'm trying to find all the SmackDown games. Um, slowly accomplishing my retro gaming needs, which is what Doghouse Gaming does. Um, I want to shout out the uh, Rant and Rave uh, wrestling podcast. I want to shout out Sweet Chin Wag wrestling podcast and the Shining Wizards wrestling podcast, all from Twitter. Uh, so go follow those three and Doghouse Gaming on Facebook for all your retro gaming needs. Got you. Uh, so I'll take the helm here. Uh, first shout out is going to be Acme Superstore. They got all your retro wrestling figure needs and they ship too, no matter where you are in the state. You can just go to their Facebook page, go to their website. Everything's listed up there. You can get it shipped to you. They ship great. They were actually featured on the last YouTube video on our channel that we did. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go check that out on our YouTube page. Uh, I'm going to shout out Dita Toy Hunter. He just posted up a new video as well, getting some dope wrestling stuff. I'm going to try to go after that New Japan figure one of these days. <laughs> uh, All About Wrestling Podcast. I was just featured on their episode that dropped yesterday. Uh, it's uh, about the career-ending injuries, so definitely go check that out as well. And the Funko Friends podcast, I'll be popping up on there sometime in January of next year mm. to discuss some wrestling stuff with them and what have you, and we're, we're excited to be a part of it and see what kind of stuff they bring to the table and what kind of stuff we discuss. So go check them out as well. All right, man. I think that wraps it. it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much everything on my end. I think that's everything on your end. Guys, thank you for listening to this show, man. We had fun doing this. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here. So we always have a blast. Make sure you check out the website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. Go check out our YouTube, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook page, all that good stuff. We got plenty of stuff for you to check out over there. Have a good rest of your week, and you already know how it goes, man. Stay up, stay blessed, and as always, stay dangerous.